0: So today, I want to share on uh, the reward of patience. The reward of patience. So what is patience? So let's do a little bit of a discussion here. So what's patience? Who wants to help us out? Greg, I like your smile. What's patience? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the man is a teacher, so he knows how to... Well, I put him on the spot. Sorry, Greg. Yeah, who else wants to make a go? What's patience? What do you think patience is? I—I I, I mean, I have a cheat sheet here. I don't have notes, but I do have a little bit of a. So I can give you a dictionary, but I want to hear from you. What do you think patience is? Yes, sir. Waiting in peace. Waiting is a good word. You know, Edna did something some years back. Was it? Hurry up and wait. I've never forgotten. Hurry up and wait. Waiting in peace. Yes, sir. Chris. Huh? A way to love. Because if you love somebody, you'll be (laughs) efficient. (laughs) Why did you bring that in? Okay, that's good. You need that for children. You need that for spouses. You need that for friends. You need that for church. Okay. Uh, Yes, Emmanuel, do you have your hand up? Yes, sir. You'll be able to. Yeah. You have to tolerate a lot of stuff if you truly have patience. Okay. Well, this is what the dictionary definition. I don't know which dictionary this is. I just pulled it off without looking at it. It says patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. <laughs> you yeah, have such a guilty smile on your face. <laughs> Okay, you want to know who I'm talking about? (laughs) Kevin's laughing so hard. Yeah, I was looking at your wife. She's like, oh, yeah, true. (laughs) I think most of us in this room, if not all, um, probably would say we have at some point in time failed in that area where, if not all the time. I mean, most people are not patient. Most people are not patient. And the scripture says we should. In fact, one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? It's patience. One of, the, one of the. So if we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, um, patience is not going to be automatic. It's something we have to cultivate. It's something we have to uh, we have to take responsibility because we're commanded to be patient. Now, this is the good thing. If we the the way God works it, I believe from scripture, when I read scripture, is if we do not choose patience, he will put us in a situation where we have to be have to be patient because so here here's a couple things i will say and then we'll look at some scriptures see patients will either reveal poor character and or build strong character patients will either do what reveal it, it see if i'm observing people so on the side of a leader on the side of a parent on the side of a spouse, on the side of even a child in a family, on the side of a manager, on the side of a business owner, on the side of anyone who is in a place of authority, patience will either reveal poor character, and on the other hand, build, if you flip the coin, there's a different face, build strong character in a person. So the question is, what does patience do in your life? How is patience working for you? So if I have patience with people, in my, in my position and my responsibility as a pastor, I have no choice but to be patient. If I'm not, I will ruin myself and ruin everything. In fact, the scripture says in First Thessalonians 5, it says we should be patient with all. That's the responsibility of the overseer, of the, the shepherd of the flock, of the pastor, or the minister, or the apostle. Uh, over a flock of people, God's people, we have a responsibility. A mandate includes patience. Say that with me, patience. And then for the Christian too, we are called to patience. We're called to patience. So let's look at a couple uh, things here. But before that, let me just say this too. I just want to make some very bold statements. Patience is like gold. It only increases the value of her object. So if you if you employ patience, if you engage patience, it will increase the value of, Daniel used the word waiting, of what you are waiting for i used use the word tolerate. If you are waiting, there will be a, an exercise in tolerating certain things. Especially if it has to do with what you are waiting for, believing God for. If you are trying to get a degree, it's not easy. You'll be made to write papers. I took courses for the last two years, I've taken some courses towards a master's degree. And I know I began to value my daughter and her ex and, and h- how much work she does, because I see when she's, uh, a paper is due, she has to do sports, she has to do all those things. You know, you take it for granted until you have to have a paper due. And I always find that I'm, the paper is due 12 a.m. Uh, that the midnight of that day. It's like, oh, you know, and it, it feels easy. I don't struggle to write papers, but it's just to start the paper. And I'm saying to myself, you know, it, it, I can see what they go through when students tell you they don't have time. They don't have time. I've not been in school like that for a long time. I've taken short courses all over the place. But I'm talking about really working towards a, a credit in a university system or a, a higher education system. It's tough you will come across a lot of things. Without patience, you won't get that diploma, that degree, whatever, that certificate, because you have to... In fact, uh, studying itself is a school in patience. You're looking for material, looking for resources online and offline in big, massive books where you have to search, copy texts, give credit to who wrote the text, and there's a certain format. Without patience, you can't. All right. So patience is like gold. It only increases the value of our object when you are waiting for something. When it eventually comes through, it has a you you the value over time it appreciates because patience has an object. I'm waiting for what God has told me, what God has spoken to me, what God has spoken to you is the object is what you are waiting and believing Him for. So patience is is essential. So let's let's uh, uh, um, look at a couple scriptures here. And the the first one is. Uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. I'll just read that, and maybe um, I, I'm, I'm trying to, to do something here to save time. 1 Peter 5, verse 10. It says, in his, so I'm reading from the NLT today. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. He says, after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, he will support, he will strengthen, and will place you on a firm foundation. The, the reality of life is that there are times of suffering which we do not really like. There are times when we suffer a loss, or we suffer a lack, or we suffer a certain things would come into our lives that will create. We don't pray for certain things, but there are certain Uh, difficulties that we go through that uh, are essential, that prepare us. If you're in school, there will be difficult moments. There will be courses that you find very difficult, but you have no choice but to keep pushing through if you have the end goal in mind. And the Lord says uh, he will restore, support, and strengthen for churches too, for Joy Fountain, we've gone through difficult times. We've gone through times where there was not enough money in the bank to pay the bills. We've gone through times where we just have to fast and pray for the next level. But he says he will restore after we have suffered a little while. He will restore. We are the ones who see two years, three years, one year as a tough time. We see the way it is because we, 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 time for us is, is, for God, time is nothing. Because he, he dwells in the eternal realms. He says he will restore. Say restore with me. That's a very good word. Restore means that everything that you think you have missed, everything that you think you've lost for time, God says, I will restore all of it. And if God says he will restore, do you believe it? He will restore. He says, I will support and strengthen you. Friends, if God is supporting and strengthening you, nobody can pull you down. He says he will place you on a firm foundation. But here is the thing. There's an equation here that we have to bring in to, to bear. And that is that after we have suffered a little while, there is an equal sign that brings in restoration, divine support, divine strength, and a firm foundation. But when we go through those things, what happens? A lot of times, because of a lack of patience, we strike the complain button. So I'll show you this. In Exodus chapter 14, so let's go back to the Old Testament, and we begin to trace the children of Israel who had many complain fests. Complain festivals, all right? When you have a lot of people complaining, over 600,000 people complaining, at the same time, that's a complaint festival. Tell me what a festival is. That's one. In Exodus chapter 14, we see where they begin. Uh, In uh, chapter 14, um, the Bible tells us in verse 10, I read, As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them, they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Why did you bring us out here? I'm reading verse 11 again. To die in the wilderness. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? They've just been rescued. They've just left the uh uh, egypt they've just been brought out to begin their journey but because pharaoh was pursuing them now watch this at the red sea they have egypt behind them so who remembers what happened in egypt how many plagues were there in egypt to get them delivered 10 were there 10 plagues now there were plagues in egypt to get them free they saw the mighty hand of god over the whole nation of egypt that's the first thing I want you to bear in mind. Then we get to a place also in Exodus chapter 15. I want you to go to v- chapter 15 and look at verse 22 to 24. This, the Bible says, Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of shore. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. These people in chapter 15, between chapter 14 and 15. Now, how many of you are with me this morning? Now, if you are with me, say amen. Just, they have just crossed the Red Sea where they complained. Oh, you brought us here to kill us. You know the story of how the Red Sea parted. Dry ground, they went through it. Pharaoh was, and his army were, were defeated there. They crossed. Then they get to another place, there's no water. I want to ask you, which is a more serious problem? Having water that's bitter and having Pharaoh behind you, which is a more serious problem? Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Because at least you can start digging in the wilderness till you find water. There's a lot of men they can start digging. But I think they could easily have said, "Oh, we just came through the Red Sea. God listen. The the these people were seeing miracles and miracles and miracles yet as soon as there's an opportunity to complain, it seems like there's somewhere in their DNA, complain is just waiting to jump out." These guys have seen a miracle here. So how many of you have experienced God's miracle or a deliverance, a power? Something that, yeah, you have experienced it. Do you think that God did that for nothing, just to show how powerful he is? Yeah, he did that to show how powerful he is in your life, but also for you to have a marker. Somebody say marker. See, miracles are markers, markers, markers. You know, do you know that there are people who are sent to me? I am an assignment to them. They are an assignment to me. What I'm telling you now is also to you. There are people who are spiritual assignment in your life. These people, some of them, they they know that they are sent to be an assignment, but they were not patient. As soon as something happened, boom, they take their leave. No patience. No patience. No sometimes even I will would, would give you an example. One day, the Lord gave me a picture. Six months before it happened, I saw the enemy come and sponsor a lie. You know, Satan sponsors lies. John 8, 44. He's the father of lies. And I saw how it would happen. But in trying to warn the individual, they did not see what I was saying until it happened. But I was already prepared. And I saw the impatience with the situation. The children of Israel complained. You've just got a miracle. You've just crossed the Red Sea. What are you guys crying about? And you know, many times we're that way. We don't remember yesterday. We forget. One of the biggest problems as human beings, one of our deepest flaws, is the ability to soon forget. To soon forget. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 to 2, we see how the whole community of Israel set out and, and uh, for, so for three days there was no water. Complaints started right away. It started right away. And on and on we go and we see how they keep complaining and complaining and complaining <laughs> to the point that um, at one time it says in the scripture, God says, Look, I'm going to wipe them out. Look at Exodus 17.1. That one, you know, it's not part of our text, but I just want to read it out. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin. God told them to leave. Then they moved from place to place. God was with them, moving from place to place. God was with them. As a church, God has moved us from place to place. As a people, sometimes God moves you from one province to another, one part of the city to another. He has a plan, he has a program. But as soon as you get into that next house, that next apartment, you are complaining again. Complaining, 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 rather than being patient. We need to ask God for patience. Because patience is a virtue, it's a divine virtue. See, The following symptom... Complaining is symptomatic of the following things. Are you following me this morning? Number one, immaturity. Immaturity. Christians who live a life of complaining are generally immature. Number two, pridefulness. The children of Israel felt, we were in Egypt, that powerful country. It was like the United States in those days. They were the most powerful. They had an invincible army. They were strong in battle. They had metal chariots. And they said, we lived in the most powerful country on the earth. We had pots of flesh, of meat. Now we are here, there's no meat. We're in the wilderness, there's no meat. We had water in Egypt. We come here, there's no water. We were living our lives. Didn't we say it was better for us to have died as slaves in Egypt? Some people, when they become Christians, they don't have a deep root, and then there's that complaint. You know, I was better off. Pride. Ingratitude. That's the third thing. Ingratitude. The fourth one is short-sightedness. When people are impatient, and they allow the impatient to overrule their good sense, they have short-sightedness. The patient have foresightedness and farsightedness. And hindsightedness. Because you need hindsight. You need to see what God has done before. Friends, I want you to know, if you are a Christian here, at least for the last one year, you can't tell me that you don't have a miracle in your life. You can't tell me that you don't have a testimony in your life. You can't tell me that God hasn't done something unique that you can point to in your life. If there's somebody here who raised their hand and say, Oh, no, God hasn't done anything. I, I, I'll call out a liar right away. Because you need to look around. God has been faithful. God has been gracious. So here's the thing. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone one day and I said, we as believers, we as Christians, we as ministers, we as pastors, I said a lot of times we focus on the negative. Can somebody say amen to that? We tend to focus. Is there anybody who will lift up their hand and say, I agree with you, pastor. I I agree. Do we focus on the, you, you tend to focus on the negative. But you know what? It's because we live in a fallen world. So we tend to look, focus, when I say focus in negative, I mean, uh, you, you tend to see what somebody said about you that it wasn't right, or things that are not working right in your life. You try to, you know, some people can't even, uh, it, you know, I'm not going to go there, but friends, it, yeah. So we have this, the, this uh, short-sightedness that affects us. Complaining sucks God's spiritual graces and power in our lives. The, the last one, number five, the, 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 is, is ignorance. I said that complaining is symptomatic of five things, and the last one is ignorance. Now there there could be more, but this is what I know: <laughs> immaturity, pride, ingratitude, short-sightedness, ignorance. We don't know, and this is we need to address these things. You want to get mature? You know what? Have relationships with people. Who seem to be doing better than you in the faith? Who know a little bit more? Who, excuse me, who have gone through the things that you are uh, 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 going through? Who have raised children? Who have, you know, you have younger children. You see people who have uh, children a little bit older, uh, and those who have older children, and they somehow have managed through some of the uh, the problems, the schisms of this life, the ups and downs, the vicissitudes of life. You go and and ask them. Have have invest invest time. With those kinds of people. Spend time with them. Because God has sent somebody as an assignment to you. Your high school friend could be your friend forever. BFF. But they may not know what they need to pass on to you. You need someone to mentor you. To coach you. To help you. In the areas where you don't have that understanding. You also need to ask for prayer. Say, look, I'm struggling in this area. I complain too much. Because complaining is robbing you of God's power. It's robbing you. It's robbing us. Robbing the church. Robbing of God's power. Just stop it. Let's let's stop complaining. (laughs) Excuse me. You are blessed. You are so blessed. God has enabled you. God has empowered you. God has enriched you. God has given you the Holy Spirit. You have everything. The Bible says that he who gave up his son, how will he not with him give us what? All things. How will he not with him? He said, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to do what? To give you the kingdom. That is the word of God. He said, it is your father's good pleasure to give God. God has taken pleasure in giving us the kingdom. Complaining is a sin and it's a killer. Because if you look at the children of Israel, the reason why they and Moses didn't see or enter the promised land was because of this behavior. And this very day, we are in the day of grace. I will keep saying it. You see, the doctrine of grace has an error that is pervading everywhere today. And that is that, when um, you have the grace of God covers us all, so we don't need to do anything anymore. Grace has done it all. There was a time when we had people in this church and it was a big issue. Every time they were always coming with grace. Oh, we, it's peaceful now because it was always grace, 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 grace. I would preach a message. They say, well, you are, you are, you are preaching works. You are preaching works. I say, okay. But Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we have been saved unto good works. So here's the thing. It is the grace of God that brings you across the line of salvation. It is your works that keeps you going in the line that God wants you to go to. But those works are not in your own power. They are in the grace of God. So grace operates over there to bring you across the border. And grace operates in here to make you do what you couldn't do by yourself, in yourself, through yourself, to the glory of God. Does that make any sense? It is the grace of God. That's why the complete side of grace is to see that grace works in you. Grace has works that it does. Grace now takes the person who couldn't fast before they begin to fast. The people who couldn't prophesy, who couldn't pray for people, who couldn't share their faith at, at work in public, they see they are now able to do those things. The people who are complaining a lot before, suddenly now they don't complain that much anymore. You know, I'm not saying that people aren't going to complain. What I'm saying is, if all we do is complain, we will rob ourselves of the power of the miraculous. Hebrews 6, 12 says, we should through patience, faith and patience, do what? Obtain the promises. In the New King James Version, uh, it says through faith and patience. In the New Living Translation, it says uh, endurance. Say that word with me, endurance, endurance. My friends, please don't give up too soon. Some of the problems you are going through are smoke screens. That's all they are. That's all they are. They are smoke screens. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I together will overcome in Jesus' mighty name. We will break through barriers. If we don't give up on the dream, if we don't give up on the assignment, God has given you an assignment. You know what I realized? If you are in Joy Fountain today, and God brought you here to learn something, if you quit before you learn your lesson, no problem. He will take you somewhere else <laughs> to go and learn that same lesson. If you say, oh, the church is too small. You know, I, 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 the, the people know each other. Let me go to somewhere where they don't know me. Well, you will find yourself there and God will create a circle around you where you must learn that lesson. You won't escape. You can't run away from God's rod of correction. Go anywhere. If you say, well, I'm not giving my tithes to these people. I'm not giving an offering because I don't like That's okay. You just think it's your money. <laughs> that's all you think. It's not yours. You go somewhere else, you will give twice what you didn't give here. <laughs> just, you see, you can't, he owns the kingdom. It's not about me or anybody. You say, oh, I don't like that sister. I don't like what Michelle did. I don't like what, uh, uh, you know, Kevin did to me. Oh, that's okay. You go to another church, you find somebody that looks like Kevin there waiting for you. <laughs> that's just the way it works. Haven't you gone to churches and you find, hey, this church is so wonderful, there's no, then you suddenly see people there who are like, whoa, what happened? What happened? They are here too? Yes, they are everywhere. You find at least four kinds of people the ones who don't do anything, the ones who do almost everything, the ones who are sitting on the fence, the ones who come once in a year or once every six months, and because they have a plan. When we get to heaven and God says, where did you go? What part of, what local assembly? He said, where is Joy Fountain? Angel Gabriel said, yes, but I saw you there only once every six months. <laughs> say, oh, yeah, 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 but we attended at least twice a year. You know, let me tell you the truth. If we will do what God says, there's a blessing. There's a blessing. And I found that in my own personal life. God will come through for you. He will never allow you to be put to shame. Those who put their trust in the Lord will not, never be put to shame. Do you believe that? Shout amen if you do. Amen. <laughs> So, friends, as I close today, I have taken a bit more time because we had such a number of testimonies. My apologies for that. But I want you to remember that patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay. Is there something you are trusting God for? Is there something you are believing God for? Please, let's stand together by faith. Don't allow all of the difficulties you are going through to stymie your faith and get you to a point where it's like, God, I don't know what you are doing. Um, you know, God truly has a lot of children, but he has time for you. He has time for all of you. So don't think he's forgotten you and pushed you to the side. The earlier your attitude changes, the quicker your miracle comes true. Do you agree with me? The Lord bless you. If you are gifted in any way and you're called to serve here, serve. Things are about to change. Um, I am very sure of the next level. And God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what we can think or ask there's a reward for patience as we wait and trust in the lord he will do what we cannot imagine let's pray father in jesus name thank you lord for uh, your word today i just want to give you praise and give you glory for the journey of patience that you have called us into there is a reward and the reward of patience is an increased value of the things that we are waiting for i pray lord that we will continue to see increase in value as we go down this road of patience help us oh god to refrain our lips from complaining and to turn it into thanksgiving in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen and amen so go into your week look for something to give thanks to god for and when you give thanks guess what happens power comes into your life amen let's give the lord a round of applause in jesus name